Listeners be advised. The Holiloquy podcast discuss matters related to the human experience and many that are sexual in nature. Due to this, some conversations may surround triggering topics such as sexual violence, self-harm, abuse, and much more. Please be advised, a list of crisis and psychological resources will be available in the show notes of this episode. With that said, let's get started with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention please as we go through the following safety instructions. In the event that there is a loss of cabin pressure, oxygen mask will drop from the overhead. Place the mask over your nose and mouth. Breathe normally as oxygen is flowing even if the mask is not Be sure to adjust your own mask before helping others. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Holiloquy Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. This is your favorite host, Vernon T. Scott, also known as Slater Jackson. And for you freaking motherfuckers out there, Sebastian Jackson. Oh, Lord Jesus, Sebastian's Adams. On today's episode, we will be talking about media and sex education. In this episode, we'll be discussing the impact of media as it relates to sex education. And I have with me... Tyrell and motherfucking Shane. I'm happy that y'all could join me. And you know, with it being November, it's a new kind of thing. It's a new type of seasoning and all this other stuff. It's look, it's the it's second the 20 episode. Twenty Cashries instead of the Lowrys. Look, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Look, we, we 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 up in here. We up in here. So. Look, it's mm-hmm. not no bare minimum seasoning. This is like that top tier shit. Like you getting mm-hmm. that Creole seasoning, you getting that garlic powder, you getting that fucking uh, onion powder, you getting everything. Mm-hmm. With the bay leaf for no damn reason. Ooh, exactly. No damn reason. Like, have y'all? I've actually tasted the bay leaf by itself, and I was like, what is this? Like I just wanted to see what it would do, and I'm like, but, but then, but then, why did you? Why, why were you so disappointed? <laughs> because I thought it was be like a wow factor to it. Like it's going to be something. Like if you if you ever taste like anise by itself, and you're just like, mm-hmm. okay, you right. smell like licorice and you taste like licorice. You make sense, girl. You make sense. But bay leaf, you just like. But this wasn't making sense. It's like I could have just gone out to the, uh, a tree, pull that bitch off, and bit it, and put that. In. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> but um, yes, with it being November, y'all, um, and there might be some new people onto the show. Um, do you all mind just doing a brief introduction of yourself? Of course, um, we'll start with the ladies. Shane. Hello, I am Shane. I. Of course, I've been here on many occasions. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's see. I still work the library, for, but I am now a manager. I got that promotion. A bitch yes. makes money. Yes. Not really, yes. but she makes more money. Snap for the promotion. <laughs> manager, I'm done. <laughs> like, I'm still a dog, chicken mom. I now added ducks. The badass oh. bastards. But I now have some ducks. I am now engaged, y'all. Your bitch getting married. Yeah. Congratulations. Don't get excited for nothing. 
<laughs> I don't do. I don't like weddings. Okay, I love weddings. I just can't have one because there's people in my family I don't like. And I don't want to see them. Yeah, so by the time we get to this guest list, we gonna have to we got to do some do some. Yeah, and I wouldn't want kids there. There's a lot of damn kids in my family because I plan on drinking. I ain't watching your kid. Amen. Honestly, I, I think my family already have this understanding that I'll end up walking out of nowhere no, and people just find out that I'm engaged and then they find out that I'm married and they're just gonna be like, mm-hmm. okay, we did not expect that yeah. you're gonna have a wedding at all. Hey, that's yeah. all right. That's it's kind of like, it's like, look, I don't need to be responsible for y'all feeling. So, like, y'all can just deal with them on y'all. Like, y'all exactly. got this and just like, let's move on. <laughs> hey, weddings are expensive too. It's fucked. Mm. Now, uh, Shane, you you know how I am, and I just want to kill off all your animals because I'm just like, is these ducks being raised for like a <laughs> meal or like? <laughs> I don't want to. Mm-hmm. But right now, we don't know the genders because you can't really gender birds until they get older mm-hmm. and start like displaying uh, the telltale time like time signs of their gender if they're mostly female we got i got four so if it's three girls one guy i'm set because i can actually sell their eggs for like let's see 50 dollars a dozen Mm. i can make some some little money and duck eggs are also pretty expensive too so i see (laughs) we gotta we we run a little business i'm playing no we're not (laughs) but if they end up all being boys nate is like we could eat these i'm like sir do not say these words in front of me after I done named these ducks. Oh, oh, what's her name? They're all gender neutral names because you know I don't know what the hell they are. So it's mm-hmm. Kennedy, Blake, Parker, and Sterling. Ooh. Oh, okay. okay. Um, that's Blake- that's it about me. Let's let's go about our uh, our dear friend here. Oh yes, Taro, <laughs> you're definitely next. And just to let you know, Blake is my favorite already. Um- <laughs> <laughs> Damn, having met him, already have a favorite. Yes. So Taro, who are you? Oh, hello, hello, guys. I'm so glad to be back. I'm Taro Collins. Um, just a little about me. Uh, currently a doctoral student. Um, yes, and, uh, for the doctorate. Thank yes. you. And um, so uh, my work is centering in Black, Queer, and Trans Studies. Uh, so, um, yeah, like I said, been, been on here. Been so great to be on here for, you know, you know, numerous amount of times. Always love talk, you know, getting into our topics and discussing. So always great to be back. So humbled. Well, yes, yes, yes. Thank you. I love having you, uh, Tara. Like the conversations with, between us are always immaculate, and I love it so much. And y'all, I wow. have listened to some of the, I listened to a couple of podcasts that he was on. I'm like, it sounds so sophisticated. Ain't it? Oh, Meanwhile, you get down to mine and Adrian, we sound ratchet the dumbest. No. Ever. <laughs> no. Meanwhile, no. Mr. No, Doctor Tyrell over here sound like he giving a lecture. And I'm like, no, but here's I'm here well, for well, it. Here's the thing, though. We all add in flavor to our episodes. Like, we have mm-hmm. a balance of always the comedy, the lightheartedness, the funny, everything. All of that is thrown into the pot. And so, like, that's what we all that's what we all contribute. Look, it's, it's about that seasoning, y'all. It's about that seasoning. <laughs> we, a, we a well-balanced meal over here. Yeah. Ooh, girl. Ooh. Not y'all making me hungry. I, I'm thinking... I'm, so, I'm cooking for my grandparents tomorrow, and I'm deciding to make Cajun uh, chicken Alfredo, and it's... And now, I'm just like, I want to go to the store and make this shit today. Uh, <laughs> Don't forget the garlic bread now. 
I might do that. I should. I should. I should. I. Do you make garlic bread from like scratch, or do you just get the like Texas toast and just call it a day? Because I'm a Texas toast motherfucker. It depends on the mood. I I tend to try to make it from scratch. Mm. It's really like oh. I, I uh, if I had the time, I would roast the garlic just to get the, some of the flavor out. Ooh. Roast it in some oil, then you mix, then you whip it up with, uh, then you blend it with uh, butter. Then you just nice, nice and spread on some uh, what's that baguettes? There you go. Are you gonna cook tomorrow? Who me? Mm-hmm. No. Oh damn! It's not like I'm driving to make anyways, but so you about to drive all the way down here for some garlic bread? It's look, it's look. I've driven that far for a meal before. I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah, you have. I, I remember you telling me about that, but it sounded lit. I don't judge you for that one. So like, that meal sounds like I was ready to hop in my car and drive down there. Ain't it? So, um. Now that we had our introductions, uh, like I mentioned at the top of the show, we will be discussing media and sex education. Um, a part of that, the TV shows, sex education in Big Mouth. The their main focus is educating people on, you know, like sexuality and all this other stuff. Uh, are you two like fans of the show? Do you like the show? Any critiques? Anything like that? I watch, um, I'm a faithful watcher of sex education. I haven't seen Big Mouth yet, um, but uh, I am, de- so I'm definitely a fan of one of, one out of the two. Mm. What about you, Shane? I've, I'm actually the reverse. I watched Big Mouth, but didn't Ooh. haven't really watched the fullness of sex education. Okay. Like, yes. I like the, I, I do enjoy Big Mouth because I enjoy the delivery of it. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's, think- it's a bit caught me off guard because like oh these are actual kids talking about but then when you get down to like how old they are i'm like according to science and like the basics (laughs) information and like visit like the anatomy books and biology they are at the age where they're supposed to start going through that stuff for uh puberty exactly like i'm a fan of it like I, I would say my uh like I love both shows honestly. Like Big Mouth is just ghetto as hell. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> every time I watch that show, I'm just like I'm both uncomfortable and entertained at the same fucking time. Yeah. That's the thing that really bothers me watching it because I like it because it does uh, like for an older adult it gives you a, uh, a look at what your child may possibly be going through uh, in, in their stages of puberty. And then they get a very interesting and semi-scientific understanding of what is going on through the body. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I even love their intro uh, intro because it's like, yes. I'm going through changes and everything that is uh, you're seeing on the screen is related to puberty. Mm-hmm. And like, cool. My favorite thing is when they flick the um the what was that? Um was it the uterus or cervix? And then the um, <laughs> blood drops out of it. I'm it like, was the uh the the uterus. Yeah. And I'm like that That's literally the opening. The opening. That is literally the opening of the show. I'm going through changes, flick a uterus and blood comes out. And I'm like, oh, interesting. I wish it was that fucking simple, but, <laughs> like, but uh, they also go through that in the show because um, some of the girls were arguing how their flows were different and like overall, I'm like, yes, the books lie to you. You do not 
whatever, like, oh yeah, from five to seven days. <laughs> some of us aren't that lucky or some oh. of us are very lucky. So it really depends on the body when they go into that, which is why I like about Big Mouth because there's a group of girls and a group of guys, not just one of each. Mm-hmm. And they each go through their own form of puberty. Like there is one character, is it Jess, the, the red hair? Uh-huh. The, um, wait, you talking about the 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 creeper? No, 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 oh, no, the, no, no. Oh, the the girl. Yeah, um, I can't remember her name to save my life right now. I but she's like redheaded. Her parents got divorced. Jesse. Jesse, there. I was close enough with Jess. <laughs> <laughs> but the episode when she was falling into depression. Oh, the cats. Yes, I really thought oh. that was uh, something cool that they hit on because some people do start struggling with their mental health because of puberty, especially with girls, because our hormones are just ridiculous and then you have to deal with regular life and it sometimes just becomes too much well oh. she's like 13 how old are they i think they're they're within that 12 to 14 age range yeah i'm like she's yeah. her parents are getting divorced she's finding out that her mom i believe her mom came out as a lesbian late mm-hmm. life lesbian so her parents are getting divorced. She has to move. Her dad is in a different location. I'm like, that's a lot for a 13 year girl. Wow. So when they did the whole depression episode, I'm like, that's actually pretty deep. Oh. So a lot of shows try to like skip around mental health problems within like youth. Oh. They always try to like figure like, oh, it only happens in your adult years. No, sometimes it starts young. And yeah. I, I like their take on uh, mental health in terms of like using the cat and how the cat mm-hmm. comforts her. And, yeah. you know, like um, people who are familiar with mental health understand that the cat is a, the depression kitty, essentially. Yes. Um, but she looks so, Jessie looks comfortable. She likes what, where she's at, but mm-hmm. she's not motivated to, to do anything. And the cat yeah. is just caressing her, making her feel good. Yeah, the cat uh, got her a pillow and blanket. Mm-hmm. And giving her, you know, the sweet uh, things mm-hmm. of validation of, it's okay, girl, I love you. You know, um, yeah. Given figuring her anxieties too, uh, mm-hmm. at the same time, um, like you know, mm-hmm. like her yeah. hormone monster was worried. I'm like, I like how they gave the <laughs> the hormone monsters like these horny, terrible creatures, but they also gave them a sense of like humanity in a sense because like yes. they are generally worried about the kids they have to watch over. Exactly. Yeah. I, I love I love that it's like a corporate office and everything. Like you bring <laughs> they it gave us, They gave them a spin-off. <laughs> they gave the monsters and everything else in that entirety. Just like the hormone universe essentially. They right. gave them a spin-off and it just goes about their regular day and what they do. Yeah. But I thought it was pretty cool. Like I'm like, huh, I didn't think about them actually getting their own piece of the pie in a oh. way. And uh, for anybody who might want to know what that show is, the spinoff is called um, Human uh, Resources. Mm-hmm. Definitely recommend watching it. It's hilarious. It Even that gives you a different uh, insight in different ways that our hormones really do impact us. Uh, <laughs> I love that fucking mosquito, the anxiety mosquito. That motherfucker right there is... <gasps> way too fucking much but i'm just like, like it hurt me i'm like is this me i'm like how dare y'all put my anxiety on tv right now because this thing is so jittery 
right? Mm -hmm. It's like, woo! It's like first it goes from from like left side of the screen, next show it's in your face. I'm like, yep, that's how anxiety works. That's how it works, yeah. So yeah. it's like the just like manifestation, just mm -hmm. really coming. Like they, what is that? Um, the guilt vampire thing. Oh, the shame vampire. Yes, I'm like mm -hmm. his entire arc in Big Mouth and then in Human Resources. I'm like, people do feel shame about things, and it's like, you know yeah. what? Be what was one of the characters? Um, the over-sexualized kid that has that sex pillow. Oh, oh my, that's, I love that kid. Um, is like, it Jay? No, no. Yeah, it's Jay. It's Jay. Yes. Like, when he was battling his sexuality, the shame vampire was like, hello. <laughs> Because like bisexual men do have to face a lot. Like men who don't identify as straight in general have to face a lot. And it's like, just let them be. Meanwhile, women sometimes get a little bit easier because there's that weird sexualization of them, over-sexualization yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah there is this, uh, yeah, there's definitely this fetishization, this fantasy to see, you know, <laughs> two women together. But as soon as it flips to, you know, yeah. two men who make gender loving, it's like, oh, get that off the screen. <laughs> like, yeah, like out. Jay, he was OP. When he came out as bisexual, people kind of changed towards him. Mm. And I'm like, that's very real. Like, I've witnessed how some of my male friends who don't identify as straight, like, either they're non binary, not non binary, something different. Um, what was it? Pansexual, asexual, stuff like that. If they're not straight, it's just like throw him away. Throw him away, yeah. So it was like watching him struggle to find his identity and just be comfortable with it. Here comes that damn shame vampire. <laughs> it's like he didn't even need a hormone monster. They were like, oh, this kid is sick. He's fine. He is fine. That's the, that's the thing that really got me. It's just like uh, everybody else, they, Morty, bitch. Uh, Morty is way too much. Uh, but just enough, <laughs> and I, I love I love it that um, like how he engaged with uh, Nick and whatnot, and how he's mm -hmm. just like, hey, we just we 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 need to talk, fam. Like, wait. yeah, he put Nick in his place several times because Nick was a can be a douche, a huge douche. But like, like when he's it, he has the big ass head, big lips, and he's a major douche. And uh, his hormone monster, he's like, listen here, little bitch. He's actually said that before. He's like, listen here, it's not my fault that you chose the wrong decisions and fucked over your friends. Exactly. And I think like when it comes to Jay and his lack of a hormone monster, it, it closes a door that I wish would open up for him because it's like mm -hmm. there's depression that is right there within Jay. Like everything that he lives through within his family. God, I would his love brothers to see are terrible. <laughs> his oh. father's neglectful and his mom's an alcoholic. It's, it's like when you yeah. know his living circumstances, you're just like, this kid is not okay. He might this be cheerful. Help. He might have all the um, great energy around him. But at the end of the day, this, this child is going through trauma on a regular yeah. basis and we need like the, yeah. the depression kitty will be perfect for him yeah and, and it's that classic syndrome of like how you can be surrounded by people and yet you are so alone mm -hmm. which i do think like Vernon said they should hit on that because there's been a lot of cases people like but they have so many friends they had a this that and the third it's like yeah but they can still be lonely and sad yeah. 
because they don't feel like they have someone who can talk to them and like and understand what they're going through. Mm. Like the, he doesn't he he unlike everyone else he doesn't have like that outlet other than yeah. fucking his pillows. Yeah, I think that's another reason why he's hypersexual too, is because he don't have that outlet. That's the only mm-hmm. outlet that he can express that he doesn't get real judgment from. And it's like his mother's not going to say anything about it. His brothers clearly don't say anything about it and they don't care. So what <laughs> they can abuse can we talking about? Right. What else can I do? The thing that feels natural and feel more comfortable for me, and that is having Just a romantic what, what makes life. me happy. Right. What gives off those happy feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, other than uh, with Big Mouth and their turn on sex education, how about the show Sex Education, Tara, since you've um, seen that one? Now, I I will have to say, I fell in love with that show as soon as I saw uh, Odoo's mom, the the sex therapist. Oh, sex therapist. I love her because she reminds me of Meryl Streep and I had yeah. like a huge crush on Meryl Streep and I'm just like, bitch, you fine. Yes. You know, yeah. You know what's interesting is that recently I watched a, um, there's a black woman who is a uh, sex therapist and mm-hmm. she has this YouTube channel and she actually watched uh, like the first one or two episodes of Sex Education uh, just to, you know, like kind of connote it. So, you know, of course, like it's a TV element, but, mm-hmm. you know, she wants to like talk about things that come up that you know are real life and actually it was so funny because one of the first things she paused to talk about this issue was the opening scene with amy and adam uh you know as we're seeing them to you know have sex or whatever and you know if, if obviously if you've seen the show you know that adam fakes an ejaculation <laughs> and so the thing is but she paused the video to explain and this is actually educating me because i didn't know this you know, so I'm still growing in my words. So it's like, I didn't know this. What she was explaining was, is that, yeah, typically um, for most men, ejaculation and orgasm do happen simultaneously. But she was saying that that doesn't actually always happen though. So the fact that, you know, Amy was questioning him in the scene, like she wants to see the condom, you know, and things like that. Um, I like how, you know, she paused it at that moment to say like, yeah, this would be like the typical, you know, response. But it's to say that, you know, ejaculation and orgasm actually don't have to actually happen at the same time. And so, uh, but yeah, it was just very interesting to, you know, hear her perspective. But, um, but yeah, as far as the show itself, I love how um, Otis's and the mom's relationship is because it's so tenuous at first. Mm-hmm. And I like this idea about the fact of Otis as a character who at first has all this knowledge about sex, you know, like almost against his will, Mm -hmm. but yet he is inexperienced, uh, you know, physically. And, you know, the fact that he has to battle these whole, you know, emotions about, you know, like not, he can't masturbate and, you know, just things like that. And like, that is, you know, true things that, you know, I think real teens go through. And so the fact that he becomes his mom in a kind of more school way, Mm-hmm. Um, to actually give to be a actual therapist, you know, and obviously they're making you know kind of profit on it at first, but um, but yeah, it's it, when I when the first show first premiere, I was very highly intrigued by the idea about the fact that you would have real like a, like a teenage setting that 
for teenagers that were talking about like real sex sexual issues mm-hmm. and so and even once like the mom gets into the school environment and just like the way the kids respond to her and you know just everything like that it's such a it's such a real connotation even though obviously you know it's a tv show and certain things are going to be um you know that tv-esque if mm-hmm. you, if, you know, exaggerated yeah, exaggerated because one of the first things like the the black woman who's a sex therapist one of the first things she could not get with about the mom was how like in the first episode adam stro- like walked into her office and you know was finding all these things she's like oh my god like that is so like that would never have like if i have a home office and i know that i like you have to think about it, you're a therapist so you mm-hmm. keep a lot of confidential files mm-hmm. and things like that like I am going to always make sure to lock my door, like my lock my office door. So there were certain things that you know she couldn't get with, especially from the mom's perspective, mm-hmm. like smoking weed with like your child's project partner. <laughs> but those are all those things that make make her such a such a funny character, you know. So. I will I will say uh, it's also the cultural difference too. Um, and I think that's something to um, think about. Uh, and I, I like that her, because of course you're definitely going. She should not have your confidential uh, things out there. But I love the openness that the mother always um, provided to yeah. uh, Otis. To you know, there's no locked doors in a sense. But mm-hmm. she also met um, chooses to always respect his own primary boundaries and i um like watching the show most definitely with him having his um his issues with not being able to masturbate um i i was like okay when is she going to be direct and just ask him and it was like that never really came up it was a moment where she was like okay we might be going somewhere and he uh, saw that as like more of her therapizing rather than yeah. parenting and exactly. i'm like she's and, you that open space <laughs> yeah and, and that's what you love and that's particularly what i love about the push and pull of their dynamic because both of them are so knowledgeable in their own right you know as mother and son and they're trying to figure out how to have this relationship and it's something that the sex therapist who has a youtube channel she brought up she was like i do wonder you know as my because she does have a son she said i do wonder as my son grows older will he feel comfortable talking to me about certain things because like given the line of her work you know he could also have that pushback because of who she is Mm. you know and things like that so it's kind of like you know almost like you know like your mom is almost like a like a superhero almost and like you got to keep it like a secret identity like so it's like no i don't want to talk to you <laughs> even though she is the most knowledgeable person like to talk to but it's you still know, your mom so. at the end of the day yeah exactly it's that know, so. exactly exactly so yeah i i think that for the relationships that are shown now, I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion with the audience or not, but I definitely do not like the Eric and Adam relationship. I just want to throw that out there now. That I'm not that I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Okay, I'm not a fan. gonna have to go into this. Why are you not a, is it because old dude was violent and because I, I I'm with you on that. It's not it's not just because of that. And I don't know if it if it's that it's really not a steeped in a, you know, like black and white, you know, kind of situation i do think like the abuse has something to do with it but i do think that there and i think that it was a point where eric 
I can't remember in which season. I think it was maybe like the second season or something where Eric has this kind of pushback to Adam as to say like he doesn't want to be with a guy who essentially like abused him in a sense. And even though it was like what we know is like childhood bullying, it's still like I I think for me as a as a black man and as a queer man especially like I never wanted I don't like seeing another black man like associate violence with love and that's for anybody and that's for anybody no matter if it's in a teenage sense or whatever so i think i would have i think i would have been more on board with the eric and adam relationship if yeah they confessed their feelings maybe but yeah adam did some work with himself Mm-hmm. to be better and then if at that point they want to be together then I think I would have been more on board for it so I like the nature of Eric's story of um you know him uh dressing you know obviously a more feminine um you know kind of uh clothing him vi- visiting his roots you know with his parents and his heritage really getting in touch you know with who he is so that part i love i love eric as a character but i just like i i've never been on board since even day one of the whole eric and adam uh, saga and even when i saw the first episode i was like they gonna they gonna do this they they are gonna like the looks that they exchange like i was like they're gonna go there they're gonna make adam to be the one that eric wants like why <laughs> good point that's a question because I, I too am also getting tired of seeing black people associate love with violence. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's like seeped in like our own like pushback against the constant trope of black trauma. Mm. Mm. That's a really interesting one. I think it has part, I think it's partly due to that. I think you raise a really good point because even as I think about like some of like the other shows where, and especially when it comes to, let's just be frankly honest, black and white dynamics. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I was never, as much as I love the show Scandal, I was never a fan of the Olivia and Fitz, you know, kind of, you know, saga that they had throughout that whole show. And I think it's because when you introduce levels of power dynamics that exist with, you know, particular people, which is a form of abuse in a way, it's mm-hmm. like it makes the whole it makes the showcasing of the relationship so unappealing like it's okay you know everybody's gonna go through their struggles their ups and downs and things like that but when a relationship is steeped in the nature of a power struggle Mm -hmm. and especially when that power struggle is black and white like it's just it's really unappealing it's really unappealing yeah i'm I'm that way too same i like i will i have to say like when eric went um back i think was it ghana that he or nigeria Ghana. Yeah, it was. I think it was Ghana. Ghana. Uh, like when he went back and he just found his community there, and he just you know found you know staycation love. I was so mm. fucking happy for him. And I just, was. I was clapping. <laughs> I was like, I was clapping. Like, it, yes, it gave it gave me like a breath of air, um, a fresh air for him because I'm mm. like, you don't really have to be in a, a moment of worrying about like even within the culture of where he was, everything had mm. to be on like you know the down low and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But even within the down low aspect, he was still able to be free. Versus whenever he goes back home and he's in this relationship with Adam, and like I'm so happy they uh, like right went separate ways but like when um when he got back home and i'm just like now he knows what that freedom feels like and i will hate to see him put himself in a situation where he has to accept less than from any other person 
Exactly. Mm -hmm. And also what I love too about the show is like they will have like just very like standout little moments of like where you are like snapping for you know these characters because and it's so in character for them so like for anyone who hasn't seen the show like there is one particular I think it's maybe like the more recent season um where there's a new person new head person in the school they're trying to change the school culture mm -hmm. and things like that with the way that the kids dress and things like that and I love this one particular scene from two of the lead characters Otis and Maeve where they're trying to somehow restructure the nature of how they deliver the sex education so they did that classic oh we're going to split the boys into one group mm -hmm. the girls into the next group and mm -hmm. i love the fact that one we had the confrontation about what happens when you have uh children who uh, who are non-binary mm -hmm. so we do have a non-gender conforming character of the show and then two i love the fact and it's so in character for people like them like otis and Maeve, as they were individually in their scenes it's like okay Maeve is bringing up the point why are you just speaking to the girls about pregnancy as to say like guys should not be a part of pregnancy of pregnancy conversations and same thing with Otis it's like why are we being separated from these conversations about sex mm. you know so even just small moments like that which are so in pocket for those characters to do you know it's really it's really telling and uh something that I will uh, like to add in regards to uh, the show and the different aspects of sexuality that they showed was like that fantasy thing you have mm. the uh the chick who's like uh who lives in the the realm of aliens and how she expresses herself that way and my favorite though was Vivian because uh, that's the mm -hmm. um, um, plus size um, yeah, black yeah, woman. Plus, mm -hmm. Just beautiful. And yeah, I yeah. loved how she's just having these intense ass text conversations with her, her boo thing. And it's just like, I'm here for it. Like, they are using um, colorful language in terms of like the sword being a representation of his dick. And mm. it's like, they're just having. Uh, a different engagement that you don't really um, get get to see more often mm -hmm. because usually within the uh, realm of sexual expression you just get oh you know the heteronormal way like or mm -hmm. nothing that's really too kinky you might get like slaps here some chains maybe a whip but you don't get to engage in the aspect of the cyber realm or even mm -hmm. the uh, the ethereal kinds of sexual expressions like old girl with aliens and whatnot like there's mm -hmm. a version of breeding kinks where people loves buying alien eggs so they can give birth to aliens like that kind of shit exactly exactly <laughs> no i'm sorry like i actually japan of course <laughs> actually has a couple of those things already filmed mm. and there's gifts of it i saw one damn near cried <laughs> because i'm like bitch you ain't supposed to stretch like that I do this i had to i had to close out like my memory pray to god the fbi didn't show up on my doorstep the next morning i'm like lord why why and it was on tumblr before tumblr did that whole great mass killing of itself oh girl i miss tumblr so much <laughs> girl i miss the old tumblr i'm like i need i need random weird weird shit look the Just stuff that you learn the stuff that you learn yeah. is out there <laughs> Man, Tumblr taught me a lot of stuff, and I'm like, I didn't know that was a thing. Let me Google this real quick. It's hard to find that kind of content on Twitter or even TikTok because uh, 
look tiktok i can barely find anything i really want to find on there twitter i just have to hope somebody mentioned this in the conversation to find the um the material that i want to get most definitely if it's like the out there kind of content mm-hmm. bring back the old tumblr lord <laughs> But also, some shows I do just want to name drop because they are on also on Netflix that do actually teach some bits about sex sex education. If you're if any of the audience haven't it, haven't seen them, uh, a show called uh, that came out last year uh, was called Sex Love and Goop. The show right there. Yeah, absolutely. And then there was one that came out earlier in this uh, July, which I actually just caught maybe like a week or two ago. It gave me so much life in six, in six episodes. It's called How to Build a Sex Room. Ooh, I love oh, that show. Miss Rose. I love, I love it. I love it. I love me, love Miss Rose. I'm like, this yes. old woman is living her best damn life. I'm I like, know. I, oh, that, oh, that <laughs> show gave me so much life in six episodes. I was like, no. I'm like, I'm where were you more. during the pandemic? I would have watched the fuck out of this. <laughs> i still need to but watch that it's a damn good show i just love how it's she brings a positive twist mm-hmm. and she gets the couples to communicate what they want what they want yep because she refused to do something if one partner isn't on fully on board with it mm-hmm. which i yep. truly love she's like this is a sex room for both of you yeah yep. so both and, and, of you yeah. Yeah, like so it's like both of you use this room, both of you need to agree what's going in here, and both of you need to be comfortable mm-hmm. about what's going to happen in this room. And I'm like, I love that, especially if a couple's unsure about something, she will bring in professionals. Mm-hmm. I think like one of the first episodes about the flogging, was it flogging? It was flogging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she brought in people who I would say they're professionals, they also had like different types of whips handcuffs mm-hmm. and stuff like that and they taught them how to do it yeah. and i love it yeah and i love it how it also gives you a sex education because mm-hmm. like something that i was you know i kind of knew about but the nature of the bdsm culture you know i just always really associated with like okay yeah you find pleasure in pain you know that's pretty much what i've always you know kind of thought but as the episodes went on and as certain couples were being introduced to bdsm it was kind of like and speaking for just for myself, I'm more of a sensual person. So it was like, I know I don't like getting pain, you know, when it comes to being mm-hmm. intimate. But it was kind of like, oh, no, but like there are certain components of BDSM that can be sensual as well. You know, mm-hmm. so the show is giving you such a sex education mm-hmm. while it's, you know, tackling these couples, you know, as yeah. as well. And I love just the fact of the diversity that was shown between mm-hmm. We had some same gender loving couples. We had, you know, uh, multiple ethnicities. We had a poly family, which I am poly. So I was glad to see that representation. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I I I did like the representation and like the understanding. Yeah. Because she she didn't understand. Miss Rose was not afraid to ask questions Mm -hmm. because it helped her understand them better. Mm -hmm. I'm like, in the way she phrased some of her questions, like there are questions that you people would want to ask, but getting the wording right yeah is hard for a lot of things so there's questions i have for like other sexual orientations and gender identifications but it's hard to really like put that into words without coming off as like so what is this yeah exactly yeah so i just love the way that she like she's like i'm not trying to be rude i just really want to know to understand no right 
Exactly. And then that's the thing, you know, because of the fact she approaches it like that, you know, it, like you say, it's one of those things. Sometimes we are scared to ask because, you know, we don't want to come, you know, sound that, you know, we're ignorant or that we're not in the know. But the truth is, is that we need to ask those questions because mm -hmm. even for something that we think we should know to that couple or to that individual, it's still very different. You know, mm -hmm. so there is no one, you know, kind of like size fits all situation when it comes to, you know, everybody. So let me know how this is representative for mm -hmm. you. And, you it, and none of the couples, when she asked those questions, were offended. They're like, no. we're glad to ask, like, answer no. these questions for you because I'm not sure about you guys. I have come across those. Like, you ask them a simple question, they act like mm -hmm. you're automatically supposed to know. I'm like, I just fucking met you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, I can't take what I learned from one of my friends and apply it to you because you're a whole different human being. Yeah. It's exactly. like, I don't know everything in the handbook. It's still being written. <laughs> exactly. 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 Yeah. That's a, I, I like that you made that point because like there, there's a lot of people who are very sensitive and I, I have to say a lot of that sensitivity comes within identity too and I hate that so much because it, it, it does make it hard for you to ask these crucial questions and to get to know people on a deeper level yeah and, and at some point i think that's the back i think that that's kind of like the negative side of how we're ingrained in so much media it, we have all of this connection but no relation so it's kind of mm -hmm. like when we do have questions instead of it opening up the conversation sometimes it just shuts it shuts it shuts it down mm -hmm. and that's why we get into all these talks about cancel and popular culture and you know just things like that and you know i do think you know now media has a lot of great things you know going for it i love the fact that we live in a time where it's like you know you just can't say nothing and think that you're gonna get away with it oh yes you know, i call you out i love that we came that far as a culture and as a human exactly. being so i don't care if you uh you know person next door if you a celebrity or you you know the richest person in the world if you do something that is not part of the bass we gonna call you out for it but mm -hmm. that also has the same you know uh, the the negative aspect as well because we don't give the space to confront people, ask them what their intentions were, you know, with mm -hmm. this, give them a chance to take accountability or own up to something if that's what they're wanting to do, mm. you know. So yeah. it's like you know, so it's kind of like we have to kind of like uh, rein it, you know, rein it in a little bit, and ultimately ask ourselves what is the goal that we're trying to accomplish. The goal cannot just be oh, we're trying to cancel cancel this person or cancel this media. You can't cancel. To me, in my honest opinion, you can't cancel anything. Like, you know, we're not light switches. You can't flip people on and off. Mm -hmm. You know, the conversation is still going to be there. The same uproar that started something is still going to be there. Mm -hmm. So honestly, ask yourself, what are you actually trying to accomplish? What is your goal in calling this out or wanting mm -hmm. this to be known? You know, and a lot of times people don't, you know, they're not thinking that far. They're just thinking like, oh, this is wrong. Your opinion is wrong. So I'm gonna call you out. On it. Okay, so now what? <laughs> right. Like yeah. uh, this, this uh, reminds me of this. Um, before I got off of Facebook, um, there was this post that was going on uh, about there's this person um, sitting on the bed, I think. Uh, I think they were reading like bedtime stories to their child. And then there was like an umbrella with the rainbow oh, God. Yeah. coming at it. And I'm just like, 
and then you have people just saying yeah this is um this is how i'm going to raise my kids pretty much saying yeah. no gay shit over here and uh i pretty much uh commented on them like okay so are we over here celebrating the willing willingness to uh, miseducate our children and just go the ignorant approach without acknowledging that lgbtq people actually exist and are fully natural be beings it's like all of this is natural and there were some people who was just like who came and was like i refuse to like teach my kids anything about um blah blah blah, blah. i'm like but you not teaching them what if they end up being gay what if they end up being a lesbian what if they end up being okay. trans or anything like that you're just telling them that they they technically don't exist meanwhile they exist in front of you so absolutely <laughs> you have absolutely. to and then and then the same and on the opposite end of the spectrum i get for parents or you know caregivers in general who are wanting to be supportive and things like that but then they go too overboard because one yes. of the things that i firmly believe for myself is that I do not believe that you should be subscribing labels onto children at such young ages because uh -uh. the nature of sexuality, the expression of what they feel is going to go through so many different changes. Yes. So I have a big problem when I hear parents, you know, or caregivers, you know, saying, you know, they want to be supportive and they're like, yeah, because, you know, like little so-and-so, like he may be gay or, you know, like, you know, just because he feels this or whatever. And I'm like, stop that. Please, please stop it. If you want to be supportive to you, to a child, be that. Just be supportive. Hear them out. Ask them questions about, hey, well, why, why do you like so-and-so? Like, what's, you know, what makes them so, you know, like, what makes them so great? Like, just talk to them. You don't mm -hmm. need to subscribe labels onto them, you know, so. Like, I can't yeah. trust half the kids in my family because these motherfuckers don't know what they want to do half the time. Ooh. And then, like, there's, let's be real, there's that stage where all kids want to be a damn animal. Mm. Exactly. So it was like I would like I would personally wait until my child was closer to their teen years to be like, okay, exactly. Let's have this conversation. You should have some understanding of what you're feeling mm -hmm. at a better under, have a better understanding of their emotions and feelings right. at that point. Right. And I do feel like for a lot of the shows that, you know, we're talking about like Big Mouth and Sex Education and some other shows that are referenced, I would love it if we got to a point where like TV shows could come out with like their own kind of like resource guides because or, you know, like some type of guy as to say like, hey, you know, you guys could be having these, you know, kind of conversations, you know, with your, you know, with your kids. Yeah. You know, and so I would love like if we just got to that point, because I think we leave it to our own devices because that's always what entertainment has done. But sometimes I feel like, you know, just because you watch something on television, that doesn't give you the tools to actually, mm -hmm. you know, do. So I would love it like if, if at the end of, you know, the sex education episodes or, you know, whatever, they would say like, uh, give like a good like maybe like two or three good resources like if you are looking to talk to you know talk about this with your child visit this or you know like this is a good online source or you know whatever you know so and um yeah. so the the question i have for y'all uh, do you feel as though that the school system should be responsible of teaching sex ed to students that's a tricky question because Partly. sometimes school is the only place that some of these kids will even learn what sex mm -hmm. is. Because mm -hmm. lead up to some like the super conservative like families, they don't even talk about like the yeah. human what their body's gonna go through. 
Yeah, there's always a clash between the education that happens in the home unknowingly mm. and the the semi-education that kids might get in school. Like, I know personally for myself, um, we didn't talk about, you know, the realm, the realm and spectrum of, you know, sex education. We literally had health class and was shown like a video about STIs. And pretty much that was it, you know, and that was it. So it's like nobody knew, no, I'm not gonna say nobody, but me, me personally, I didn't, I had to grow up, you know, get into my adulthood before I knew that, you know, sex could be about pleasure. It's about intimacy, mm -hmm. it's about connection. It could be about fun and consent and all of these things that, you know, we talk about and that just wasn't taught, you know, it just wasn't taught to me. So I do think it's partly on the school, but partly on the, the home as well, because, yeah. You just have to come to some sort of consensus about what is taught. And for those that have the backlash about the fact that, oh, I don't want my child learning about, um, you know, queer sex or, you know, things like that, but not taking into account, yeah, but your child more than likely will have queer friends, have queer colleagues and things mm -hmm. like that. And no, you're not always up in, you know, everybody's sex life, but you want them to be a full rounded, you know, person, mm -hmm. which includes uh aspects of sex that you are not necessarily going to agree with yes. and my ultimate thing has always been would you, wouldn't you rather your child be in the know about something than for them to be ignorant of it mm. go out do something and you know and now some maybe that you know they're facing some sort of you know consequence for it mm-hmm no. Yeah. And that can even be based in the very, you know, aspects of simple condom, you know, um, talk, talks or, you know, things like that. You know, if they're ignorant about certain things and that's to say, and I, and Bert, I think you said in one of like a previous talk we had, it's like, look, in talking about certain things, a condom ain't going to help you, sweetheart. Right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. like, you know, so it's like, you know, just, yeah, it's always going to be, I think, you know, a push and pull because to get school systems and you know people who are actually in the home to actually see eye to eye on a sex sexual education curriculum would be a very arduous task not to say obviously it couldn't be done but yeah it would be a very arduous task mm -hmm. and I, I, like, <clears throat> I got lucky and grew up with a mom who was fuck it most of the people on my, on my mom's side of the family are very open very mm -hmm. willing to answer our questions so I got lucky in that aspect like my yeah. mom straight up when I turned like nine or ten, she was already telling me about the menstrual my menstrual cycle because the women in my family we develop early. Mm. So she was already telling me, Okay, this might happen to you. This is it's okay, it's normal. Don't worry. Like they always even now, they always preach the importance of a condom. Mm. They're like, We don't care if you've been with this this person for twelve years, it could still happen. And yeah. it's like not everyone has that because i do know people who grew up in a very i'll say they call it the quote-unquote traditional upbringing mm -hmm. where they're taught women do this men do that mm -hmm. so it's like only she like her brothers didn't really know about child care only she did mm. and i kind of cook and clean i'm like ooh, but say that's another way you can cook and clean <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But say, that's another great point that you're bringing up, how you said about how, like, you know, women in your family tend to develop early. I feel like a lot of times caregivers, they're having these conversations, sometimes they're having these conversations a little bit too, a little bit too late, mm. you know, because yeah. as the years go on, like kids are more and more curious. 
about things. And so it's like, no, you can't be having like the biology talk like when you're seven, eight years old, you need to start that conversation like a little earlier. And I, that's why I say it's good to seek out resources, like go on to like certain, you know, sex therapist websites about how to actually talk to your kids about sex that, you know, especially if they're at a younger age, you don't need to get into like all sorts of, you know, details, but you can associate certain things. So that way, as they're getting older, these aspects are not ignorant to them. You know? They're not surprised. Yeah, they're not surprised by it. I, uh, I, I do believe that comprehensive sex education definitely does need to be within the school system solely because parents do lack the tools to have those conversations with their, their kids. But I also believe that the, uh, I, for like, like for myself, I would rather have those conversations with my child, but that's also mm -hmm. because I'm coming from like an educational background in it. So right. I provide that information to them. So it's like if you um, feel as though like for those people who think that um, it is the parent's responsibility, ensure that those parents have those tools, have that knowledge. And if you're not willing and comfortable enough of talking about sex for yourself or even with your parent, then that's when the school system can come in and do the thing that you're unable to do. That way they get the quality education, regardless of if it's um, like the within the comprehensive uh, frame of things, they're not talking about how to have sex until they're a lot older. The earliest thing that you understand within that framework is consent the words of like your genitalia and whatnot because you have these on your body uh, or you may have these on your body so you just get the, the general knowledge of what that is and that's it there's nothing about how these um parts interchange what where babies come from all this other it's just hey this is good touch, this is bad touch, this is how you say yes, this is how you say no. If that's not there, then um, t tell uh, an adult what happened. Um, okay. And that's, that's typically how the comprehensive sex ed thing goes uh, for those at a younger age. Um, like I've um, been reached out to by some friends who um, just like, okay, I don't know how to have this conversation with my child. <laughs> and it's like, and just making that step to even admit that is a great thing. Mm -hmm. That means you're willing to equip yourself with the knowledge of having that conversation with your child. Not everybody's willing to necessarily do that. And, and also something that can filter, that can facilitate good conversations, especially I think as, you know, children enter into like that, teen, that those teen years, mm -hmm. is to never assume what your child would not do. Yes. Um, I had a I had a friend. I had a friend um, recently, and he told me he actually had a very like candid conversation with his with his teenage daughter, and because like she was dating, like she started like dating dating this guy, and he kind of felt like you know maybe they were getting too serious too fast, and so he had you know some concerns about it, but he didn't know how to like broach her about it because she's always like been somebody who's like made like good decisions, so it's like he doesn't want to assume things but he doesn't quite know how to approach her either and so he said that you know I just you know I didn't want it to come across as I'm like accusing her of something or you know anything like that but so basically he said I just sat down and have a had a conversation with her and she opened up and you know she he said that you know she expressed the fact that no she wouldn't just have you know sex with a guy just because he told her he loved her Mm. And you know he was, and you know a part of, a part of him was taken not necessarily taken aback by that, but he said that 
no, I actually, I did not know that about you, but that's good to know because it's like, you know your child as your child. You don't know who they are when they're yeah. in relation to someone else. So you don't know who they are outside. Mm. Exactly. So it's important to ask those questions, like to say, mm -hmm. like to get into their mindset about what they think about certain relations, if they're having relations, you know. So, um, so yeah, it's always, you know, very good to just even probe like, and ask questions. So never assume what your child will do. Like, I know, like, I, before I became the manager, my focus was actually uh, youth services. Mm. And part of that was actually buying and just making available uh, materials about the body mm. and sex ed i remember in our group chat me Vernon, and some other friends i posted the picture about one of the sex ed books i got for my ya and it was very detailed mm -hmm. and then uh, i also got some puberty books for the younger side because like that's going to hit them no matter what their parents want mm -hmm. yeah because like no one the period books i got for the girls it literally said listen don't don't rush to have a kid you have plenty of eggs you'll be fine <laughs> that's literally how it boiled down to it. and it's like listen you're still a virgin even if you don't have have a hymen i'm like yes that's a good point and then like it even goes out even like into the lower grades where babies come from mm. like i got i purchased books for all age ranges because i literally was in charge of material for youth zero to 17. Mm. i'm like they want me to cover all bases i'm gonna make sure much these kids yeah. even if their parents don't want to talk about it they can come in this library and flip through one of these books and go from there. And also I've been giving parents like little cheat guides on like how to broach some of these topics with their kids. There's a, a doctor on YouTube. Her name is Dr. Mama Jones. That's actually her YouTube channel name. She's a registered OBGYN. So who else to get better sex education from than an actual board certified OBGYN? Yeah. She will literally go through changes of the body uh contraceptions and stuff like puberty just like all those things sex ed what to expect how can it how it can affect your mental health like she even goes on some things about men but her focus is mainly uh the women the female body but she does offer some things for guys because she like you guys need to know too that's like the contraceptive episode oh. like she talks yeah. about birth control condoms emergency contraceptive like the plan b pill and people are literally saying she's trying to promote uh sexual deviancy and abortions <laughs> and it's like all she's doing is trying to educate people about their body yeah. and how you because a lot of girls are shamed growing up just like the changes in their body like oh you you're growing hair you're dirty you're gross it's like it's natural yeah. also about the period you gotta be quiet and ashamed about it you're growing boobs you gotta cover them so it's like she's like listen it's okay these changes are natural you do not have to be ashamed of anything mm. so i do suggest that to some of my uh parents but girls because who like her videos make it very easy for yeah. the parents to pause and like have a discussion with their child yeah yeah and same with the uh youtuber that i follow that i mentioned earlier the sex therapist her name is uh nadine thornhill if you want to um if anyone wants to follow her on youtube she does have like those short like video segments where um like i know like one of her videos obviously is talking about how she became um a sex educator but she has all sorts of videos she one video she talks about like what's the deal with the nature of vaginal discharge she has why 
early sex sex is is awesome what happens what to do if my kids walk on walk in on me if i'm having sex you know so all of these like, so it's like they're funny but all of these like little like videos are really helpful to um to caregivers and you know obviously some of the videos are great to watch even with you know even with your children uh she has a whole entire video segment where she's saying hey this is the kind of you know sex education you can give to your children in between this grade and that grade uh talk to them about this she actually has a really great video about uh being very careful about the nature of how you associate uh genital parts with um you know with people because it's to say that uh you know some boys have this not all boys do as to kind of be more gender inclusive and mm -hmm. so you know just you know just a whole lot of uh videos so definitely nadine thornhill if you uh, definitely if anyone wants yeah. to check her out she has to check her good. out because she might be a resource i can come putting together a sex ed packet for my library just so it's like listen you can just take this is gonna be a bunch of like names Mm. They're all free and online. So yeah. on, there's going to be like a bookmark form. And we're oh, a library. Wonderful. We have 511 bookmarks. So if they grab one, it looks like a regular bookmark. Mm. So it keeps them with their little bit of like, um, just an anonymity because like, not everyone wants to know, like, I need to know these information. Yeah. Right. So it's like, yeah. hey, here it is for yeah. you. We're not yeah. going to judge you for it or whatever. Yeah, and that's a good thing because especially as you're getting your packet together, you know, one of the skills can be like, you know, especially for YouTube videos, you can you can obviously see the title of the video before you click on to see like mm -hmm. if it's something that you'd be interested in or not. So, um, so yeah, that's definitely a great bonus. And um, what I'll do, I'll make sure I have those YouTubers uh, listen to show notes. And Shane, um, for the the bookmark, is it possible to have that virtual? If not, send me the list and I can make it into a virtual thing and include that as a link in the um, show I notes too. I can make it virtual Ooh. because I'm currently just make putting things together. Just like these are tools that you can use either the kid themselves because sometimes kids kids are curious creatures. You're not going to stop them yes. from doing what the hell they want to do, especially when they're alone. Mm -hmm. So it's like I I have met a couple of parents. They're like, my child would never do this. I'm like, you don't know what the hell your child wants. I'm not around. Exactly. <laughs> your child can be a your child your child could be a God fearing creature when they're with you. Meanwhile, they out there in the streets. They name is like Tyrone and stuff like this. They are a completely <laughs> different person. So it's like, yeah, there are some parents who are fortunate, like who quote unquote can actually say they know their child. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, not all of them can do that because some kids don't like their parents because sometimes their parents are highly toxic mm. so they put on the front it's like this is how i am with you but when i'm out with my friends i'm me mm -hmm. especially those because i went from one conservative location to another but this oh. one is now black conservative family so it's very very deep in the christian mindset mm -hmm. i told the, the girl who does our like art what i used to do i'm like you can get books that are blatantly gay but try to get those that are very low key, where yeah. it's not like all over the cover, but it's like, it's mixed in with the storyline. Okay. Because we want them to still identify and understand that they are not wrong. There's nothing wrong with them, but also exactly. prevent their family from lashing out at them openly. Mm, like Absolutely. Because some, some are out and proud, and then we still have those who are still trying to figure out when it's safe for them to come out because mm. we don't know some are still living at home 
because they have no choice. Yeah. So it's like, we got to be careful. Like, I'm like, don't worry. You can still get the ones that are out and proud because, yes, those also need to be represented. And if a fam, if someone comes in and tries to raise flesh, I'm the manager. I'm like, <laughs> hello. What's going on? We'll have yeah. no problem with telling them you can kick rocks. We literally have a whole section dedicated to Christian fiction. Get over there. Yeah, hey. I love it. Like I, Brandon can tell you, I fear no one. She does not. And uh, if it's a snake or a spider, that's a whole nother story. Those but are people. Beast. I will fight people five times my size and don't care. <laughs> and that's that on that um yeah shane she really does not care um <laughs> bitch strong um now i would um since we are cl- uh, getting close to the end of the uh, show there's one thing i did want to touch base on myself since we we're talking about parents and there's a dynamic within both shows that um you know not necessarily poor parenting but you know in terms of their response to their kids it's kind and- of absent yeah, there's a lot of absence. Um, it's very absent parenting and big mouth. I'm not sure about uh, sex. Well, not sex ed. Uh, sex, sex education. Uh huh. Education. With that show, I will say it's not necessarily a lack of absence, but they give like somewhat of a genuine response that you might see from parents. Like even with Eric's parents, uh, with his mother, you do get a, a slight bit of homophobia, but you get that aspect that she's trying to do better and understand him more um, when it comes that. to right and when it comes to Otis's mother even though she's the sex therapist and you'll think that she has everything together she still makes her mistakes too and it's a great Absolutely. dynamic to see that but I, I want to talk uh, specifically on sex education about Adam's dad um, because cool. there's a huge level of sexual um repression that is present in him and uh it comes out in his policies when he was a principal to how he even uh, reacted within his own dynamics of his family uh and i think having that imagery and that um visual representation of that character is important solely because one you see his growth and you also see how certain repression can impact how you relate and understand your own family. Yeah, but you're saying it exactly because of the fact he has that suppression. And that's exactly what Adam goes through as far as his son. And that's essentially what Adam was struggling with for, I think, like majority of season one of the show. And even still, you know, even uh, where we are in the show. So I think, you know, sometimes as you visually and consciously know that your children are ultimately gonna not necessarily gonna make the same mistakes but you see that you know semblance in them as well it's kind of like yeah I didn't do you know I didn't do the best job with this so it's like I gotta get I gotta get this together Mm. you know um but yeah it's a very interesting ask I, I think I think the way that the parent like parental figures are written is like in the back of your mind, you want them to be more involved, but then a, re- a aspect of that is not re- is not reality because mm-hmm. parents don't want to be involved in their kids' sex lives, no matter if they're having sex or not. So and vice do- versa. <laughs> exactly. So, so it's kind of like when we do get those reactions, or you know, we get those like responses and these talks about, and this is awkward and things. That's very real. Mm-hmm. It's very real. And so I think that if, um, I think if sex, sex education could, you know, gradually start to 
have the teens of the show kind of like I want to say in one instant in one uh, aspect of like going to their parents because one of the parental dynamics I love in sex education is Jackson and his moms yes and the blowout and the arguments that you know he was having with the with the uh i think it's the stepmom i believe um or i can't or i can't remember which mom but the fact is that again having that kind of breakdown where it's like he doesn't understand a part of her she wasn't understanding a part of him mm-hmm. and not until they have that conversation and that breakthrough as to realize like no like you know like we we get each other like you know i i'm not totally oblivious mm. you know so i think that if they had you know more moments of that then we could actually really start to get um some more parental aspects into the nature of sex education as to say like oh this doesn't necessarily have to be almost all the way based in the teens like we could start having some adults to get their sex education that's <laughs> oh, yeah that's well, you have some adults like I had sex before. That's not how that works, honey. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. you have sex doesn't mean it's a good or b. You know what the hell you're talking about. Amen. Amen. Okay. So many people out here just think, "Oh, I'm an expert because I had sex once, or I had sex 18 times, or a thousand times." No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just need to be trash. That's probably why you went through so many. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. Now, um, with on that note. It is the end of the show. I just want to say thank you so much, Shane and Tyrell, for coming on and celebrating. Thanks for having us. Yes, always. Thank you. (laughs) Y'all are wonderful people. Uh, To the listeners, uh, I hope y'all continue to enjoy November. There's a lot more content coming out um, this month for y'all. It's going to be a total of 10 episodes. Um, uh, On that note... Uh, thank you all so much for listening to the Holy Loopy Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. Just in case no one else told you this today, you are beautiful. You are worthy of happiness and joy. You are enough and then some. You may not live up to the expectations of others, but that is okay. You are only required to walk in your own shoes. May each day you live lead you towards abundance. With that said, love you all and see you next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Holiloquy Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. You can subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcasting app and find us on the web at www.holiloquy.com. That's www.h-e-a-u-x-l-i-l-o-q-u-y.com. Share the podcast with your friends and join the conversation.